do the clap thingy so that things line up. Nope, I think we're good. Okay. Should we just start? It'll record both sides. Okay. See, Buddy's being difficult. He's recording on a different system. So he's going to sound really great. And (laughs) we're on a different one. It's the same system that I'm always on. I just doing it in the shop with a bunch of background noise. Mm. So, Ross, how long have you been on the road? (laughs) Man, I had a good month. I was on the road pretty much for three uh three weeks out of out of the four weeks in a month so i had some fun this fall yeah it it was good well i i want to breed my short hair um when she comes in heat which typically beginning of november she's in heat so i was trying to get all my hunting done before that happened or before she screwed up well she still hasn't come in heat so um, (laughs) that's how it works yeah yeah and i you know i got a bunch of testing i need to do with her here this summer so if she doesn't come in shortly i'm I'm gonna have to wait uh another year because that that would screw up my training and everything so i guess i crammed a whole bunch of hunting in for nothing but that's never for nothing never for no- nah I, yeah yeah well where'd you take where'd you go hunting at so I was in Montana for Secret spots. Um, Make sure you spell them out. About we five want days. GPS pins, <laughs> road names, GPS coordinates. Hey, I would, I would, I would gladly send GPS pins to to you know friends or whatever. That doesn't bother me one bit. Probably not going to shout it uh, for on, millions on of podcast. people here on this podcast. But yeah. <laughs> uh, so I was in Montana. You're nicer to me. I wouldn't even share it with my friends. <laughs> Eh, that stuff doesn't bother me, especially with birds. I mean, yeah, the weather's going to take them out long before all the hunters are. So, um, hmm. but yeah, I was in Montana and then I went to Iowa and then I was in South Dakota for, for a handful of days as well. So oh, it was cool. a, it was a good little run. And what were you hunting? Uh, in Montana, I was after sharp tails, um, Hungarian partridge, which we call huns. And then, uh, they got some pheasants there too. Um, in Iowa, I was chasing pheasants and then South Dakota, I pheasant hunted for a day, but then I went out and hunted, um, sharp tails and prairie chickens. So prairie chicken. kind of a little bit of everything. Yep. That's awesome. I've really, I've really gravitated towards the, the prairie hunting, which would be the sharp tails and prairie chickens and huns, stuff like that. I, I don't know. I, I, I enjoy that a lot more than pheasants. It's nice to be able to watch the Why? dogs work, What's the difference? Well, pheasants typically are in really thick sloughs, you know, with cover that's over your head. Um, you just don't get to see the dogs very much. Um, okay. You know, you're watching them on the GPS, and all of a sudden it says they're on point, or all of a sudden a bird pops up. Um, you, you don't you don't really get to see the dog work like you do in, you know, miles and miles of prairie grass that's knee high or a little less and i mean you can see the dogs for miles if they if they go that far yeah so yeah we got to do a little bit of hunting with uh sadie this year we were deer hunting up there on the east side of the state and she she was it was kind of fun we did a um it was uh quail because there were some huns there okay. but we didn't we didn't like hunt the huns we, we hunted some of the quail and stuff like yep. that and which well, which kind of quail do you have there the kind with feathers. <laughs> Let's not go too deep here, Ross. Let's tell you it's a bird. I, I would guess it's probably like the California quail. They got the bob on their head. 
Sure. <laughs> sure. I'm going sure. take a picture of a dead one. I got a dead one in the freezer. <laughs> um, I, yeah, I've never done any of deep. that. The dog did good, and I we shot him. And, uh, so you did good, too, fun. then. Yeah, we uh, we got a, a handful. Sadie did, you know, great. It was natural, you know what I mean? Like, there was a couple of times she, she definitely started getting it, and uh, it was fun. I, I have to say it was, it was kind of, I, I want to try and set up a time and take her out again, but way different type of hunting than I've ever done. You know, it was just really a lot of action and walking, and and the kids seemed to enjoy well, it, You too. must have went to a good spot if there was a lot of action, because sometimes. It took us a while to get into them, they're... but it was, yep. um. Yeah, it was, it was kind of private property, so it was kind of a good spot, you know what I mean, from that standpoint. Um, you want to send me that pin? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> You're breaking up, Ross. You're breaking up. I said I'm not a nice guy. I don't know if you got that part or not. but <laughs> uh, Must have missed it. Yeah. No, we. Uh, it was It was interesting. And the last one, uh, I'll just tell like, a quick little fun story, was we were coming through and we are coming back to the truck and, and – uh, Boy, these, this dog, Sadie, my pup, was pointing at this little brush pile, and we threw a rock in there, and we kicked the brush, and nothing came out, and so we're thinking, yeah, nothing, you know what I mean? We got nothing. Calm so bullshit, we, yep. Yeah, I'm, I'm like, you trashy, you know what I mean? If it was a, if it was a hound, I'd have been <laughs> cussing it out, but I'm like, come on, Sadie, let's go. Let's, you know. I like you. <laughs> and uh, the other two dogs, uh, I think it was two dogs, had another pup, and uh, his older dog, the guy that went with us, they were gone. So it was only Sadie holding this point. And uh, sure enough, man, two of them flew out of there. And uh, I mean, how much pressure those things hunkered down to take with us. Don't, because the, the, the brush pile was no more than three feet, four feet wide. You know what I mean? Like it was the trunk of a yeah. tree and, and, you know, maybe two foot of brush around that tree. And, and it was just like, there's no way there's a bird in there. And sure enough, there was two of them in there. She had it. She was, she was a legit pointing that's awesome. dog. So that, that's awesome when that, when that, uh, when that happens, I've had numerous people hunt with me and my dog will be standing there on point and they're like, there's nothing here. I'm like, dude, yeah. start kicking grass or something like, <laughs> you know, and all of a sudden, boom, fly out right from underneath their feet. Like, holy cow. I can't believe there was something there. It, yeah. It's, that's cool when they hold that tight. Yeah. Yeah. I had one John Wayne moment there cause we were shooting, uh, pump actions and I love shotgun shooting. Like that's what I grew up, uh, shooting as, as a kid was was skeet so so skeet is kind of like a natural for me I, that's just why i've been shooting since yep. i was like 10 years old and those the way those quail would fly they'd fly across you and so the lead you know shooting in front of the bird and all that all that comes natural to me and there was one point there where this bird was flying we, we kicked one out and this bird was flying i didn't have any shells and james my buddy throws me a shell and i i got the gun open you know the action's open i the bird's flying he throws me the shell in midair I throw that shell in there. I rack one in there. And I just bam, and I just—I mean, it was like I couldn't do it again. If you know, if you would have set that shit up, it'd have taken me ten tries to get it. But that one time, it was like one-handed, and he was just—I was impressed the hell out of those guys. They're like, "Holy shit, buddy can shoot!" That's when like, you well. just put your gun away for the day. You're like, yeah, right, I'll let yeah, you guys have gonna, some. I'm done. I was done yeah. after that, but um, that was it. it well, it made you feel good. <laughs> I was like, "That's fun. That's legit." Yeah, so I had a really blast. You know, the the shooting part of it was fun. I can see why you guys should kill a lot of birds because it's like you kill one, it's like, oh, let's shoot another one. That was fun. Let's do that again. Yeah, and you don't I have think to pack I a told deer you out. When you fir- <laughs> yeah, yeah. I think I told you when I saw that on Facebook or whatever that that you had that little puppy. I think I commented something like, "Oh man, you're in for it now." Because once you 
man, once you start and you get a couple points like that and start shooting birds over them, it, it, it grows on you in a hurry. Yeah. At least yeah. it did me. <laughs> exactly. So I'm, I'm looking for trying to set up. There's a couple bird refuge, like, uh, ranches or whatever it is east i'm gonna go yeah. i'm gonna go see if i can mix up and get a cat hunt and then switch over and do it if i can mix them together where i can maybe do a little bit of a cat hunt and then in a afternoon bird hunt or morning bird hunt and then i don't know if i don't know if i can pull it off but i'm trying to figure that out now just do 24 I, hour w style no i can't do that i gotta sleep jason I just, I, i'm not a night bird man the, the birds are sleeping and and i'm sleeping that time so right well, let's talk about this. Right uh, now by us is. Right now, yeah. continue uh, on. I didn't mean to cut you right, off, Right Ross. now by us is, uh, that's all right. Right now by us is, a man, it's a perfect time to cat hunt in the morning and then um, walk around for grouse with the bird dogs in the afternoon. But I just, I, it's hard to do both, you know. I mean, I walked a long ways this morning. I was on a cat track with my dogs and I saw a ton of grouse and they were holding so tight. I was walking right up to them. I'm like, man, this would be a blast come back here with my bird dogs and then but you get back to the truck and you're like oh man i i need a nap or something yeah it just doesn't happen but right now would be an awesome time to to do both yeah yeah cool well what's this training session going to be on jason i kind of come in here last minute well what i was hoping to do is since ross was on this big trip you know i kind of wanted to cover like what was a big victory you know going into season everybody's kind of got expectations or goals you know with your dog that you took out was there something that stood out to you that you had specifically worked on throughout the year or to get her ready for that hunt and see like actually everything come together and how you kind of prepared for that or the approach that you took on it yes well to be honest with you my with my short hair she's three now and she's a lot of fun and then i got a almost 10 year old Weimariner. Um, and she's just old, reliable, you know, um, just slow and steady. And just, I mean, you know what you're going to get for, from her from out of, uh, in a day-to-day basis, but that short hair, to be honest with you, I've been a little disappointed at times. Um, because I, I do a ton of training. Um, you know, I run her in these hunt tests and in the off season and stuff. And, and I expect a lot out of my dogs. I put a lot of time and I expect a lot out of myself as well. Um, and you know, I, there's situations that happen on wild birds, you, you know, obviously you're not setting it up like you are in training right. um, and stuff happens and that can kind of mentally break them down or, or they just kind of lose their shit a little bit. And I thought coming into this season, she was going to be pretty much rock, rock solid all the time. I mean, she just passed her master hunter test last spring and, you know passed the uh nav the ut test and i was basically expecting her to be perfect and that was that was not the case um there was days she was and then there was days where she was not and and it was frustrating um and and that happens chasing wild birds i mean guys that run a lot of these hunt tests some of them i don't think even wild bird hunt until after they have accomplished everything they want to in the in the testing world just because it you can go backwards in your training because of the the bad situations that wild birds can kind of put your dog in um sure. but I, i'm not going to do that I'm, i mean i'm a hunt i'm a hunter first and i do the testing in the off season to kill kill some time and 
you know, and I enjoy it, but I'm just not going to do that. So, um, you know, there was times out in Montana, we had a couple guys with strange dogs and stuff where the wheels fell off a little bit and it was, it was a little bit frustrating. Um, how many guys do you have to go out there with you? Well, I have my brother-in-law who he's got a, like a nine month old short hair. So that dog doesn't really have any formal training at all. You know, that's just go be a puppy and run around and, and that can screw up a dog that's kind of on the verge because, um, you know, that dog doesn't have any rules. And all of a sudden my dog thinks, well, shit, if that dog can do it, I can too. Um, right. You know, so, so that can make the wheels fall off a little bit. So it was my brother-in-law. And then I met my wife's cousin out there for a couple of days too. Um, and he had a, an English setter. That's a really nice, really nice dog, but he doesn't test. Um, he doesn't test either. So again, that dog didn't have to play by the same rules that my dogs did. And, uh, sometimes I think they can resent that a little bit. Um, but then I was able to, my last trip was to South Dakota and I went, um, and I just took my two dogs, um, which, you know, they're used to hunting together all the time. I mean, every day in the fall. So they act a lot differently when it's just the two of them, you know, Sure. you hunt them so, together, both of the dogs on the same, on the ground at the same time. Yeah. I, I can't leave a dog in the truck. Yeah. It, <laughs> barring an injury or just being worn out you know okay but no that makes sense when i was in when we were in montana i took a couple dogs that i've trained um and just trying to for buddies and just trying to you know finish them out on wild birds um and when you hunt that prairie stuff i mean your dogs cover a lot of miles so it's nice to have some extra dogs um then i would leave one one or two in the truck every walk um you know just to rotate them out because i mean I was averaging 12, 15 miles a day. So, you know, a dog that's running big four or 500 yard casts is probably going to be up closer to 50 miles, you know? Yeah. So. I was surprised. That was one of the things I was surprised about was how far the dogs covered and went. Yeah. Yeah. That was, yep. was kind of interesting to me on my first, first hunt. First go at it. Yeah. And it wasn't flat. It was mountain or not mountains, but hills. And I was like, damn, this is still like hiking up shit and down shit. And I was like, where's, where's the yeah. flat fields? I didn't get the flat fields on my, <laughs> my stuff. <laughs> so. I bet you, I'm kind of going out on a limb here, but I'm, I'm guessing like if you did some pheasant hunting type stuff in the pheasant cover, the thick sloughs, flatter ground stuff, I'm, I'm going to, I'm going to guess that you will like that mountain hunting. Um, better a little bit more open stuff yeah yeah that i don't know pheasant hunting's fun but there's nothing like being in rolling prairies or in mountains chasing the bird dogs around yeah yeah it was it was neat i I definitely enjoyed it so so when you say your dog's got to play by a different set of rules because i'm assuming that's because of the testing and the way that they score all that you try to kind of keep things uh, common between like regular hunting and the testing is that the deal with that yeah so when my dogs go on point um they should stand on point and well they should honor each other if they see a dog on point they stop too um you go up and flush the birds and my dogs should stay there until i release one of them i'll say their name and then that's the dog that goes and retrieves the bird um and you know that's that's not it's not a necessity for hunting dogs, but, um, in the training or, you know, and, and in the testing and stuff, that's what they're doing. And, and I, I don't know. I think it's just, um, 
it's cool to see dogs work together like that and have that that uh type of obedience or that level of obedience but you know some people that just go hunting you know their dog will go on point and as soon as that bird gets up the dog's chasing it and almost catching it out of the air um so when my dogs are standing there and watching these other dogs break when a bird gets up it it gets tough for them to stand there as well you know pretty good for making them learn the whole pressure then oh yeah it's great uh you know it's it's great to get them through that but the getting them through it part can be a little frustrating at times and just because they do it one day doesn't mean the (laughs) next day you know they might have their middle fingers you know might be a little bit more flexible the next day or whatever and and are ready to roll so i found the difference between one bird and the next bird was different in my experience (laughs) so like i need to go in one bird the next bird was not so good (laughs) yep it 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 can It, it all depends on you know how how much scent that dog's got and just the kind of the other distractions involved and it yeah it can vary from one bird to the next dog can look great on one bird and it can go 100 yards and find another one and look like just shit for whatever reason (laughs) yeah yeah the other there was another thing there um how far those i don't know if the birds were running you just don't know but no like watching them start going you're like oh man they're getting really you know i want to say i Maybe a false point. I don't know what you would call it. You know what I mean? Like I'd call it a false tree if it was if it was a hound, but where it was a point, mm-hmm. and you go in there and there's nothing, and the dog moves up forward. So I don't know if the bird was there. I'm, I'm, I'm sure it's probably point, yeah. It was like man, they they yeah. were locking up, and you could watch them, and you're like, dude, it's right there, it's right there, it's right there, and then you go there, and and yep. then the dog goes through that area, and it's like, oh, I guess it wasn't there. <laughs> you know what I mean? So I don't know what happened, but you know whether they run on the ground or. It's just interesting. Yeah, I would say they definitely run. All birds run. Some birds yeah. just run more than others. And and pheasants, again, that's one thing I don't like about them because they run like crazy. So with pointing dogs, a lot of times my dogs go on point. I walk up there, nothing there. I release them. They go another 50 yards, go on point, nothing there. You know, it, and you can do this for what seems like miles sometimes, you know, and it, it's mm-hmm. just, they just run. Um, but, you know, a dog will get more experienced on that and and realize the bird's not there um, yeah and you know it'll be i'm sure you saw your dog get birdie and kind of like start catwalking and moving oh real yeah, slow yeah. And, yeah you know they'll totally they'll do that. that and yep and then not point until the bird and not completely lock up until the bird is there um yeah but that you know and that's one thing one thing that with me going to so many different places you know everywhere i think we've talked about this on past podcasts you know when i travel with my dogs how much um how long it takes them to get accustomed and i i think i said something it's not quite like with hounds you know where if you were to bring your hounds here it'd probably take your dogs a week to to really get into it um what i found is it takes about a day you know the the first day is you kind of get some of them false points and maybe bump a few birds and stuff like that because they just haven't quite gotten used to it. But, you know, by the end of that first day, you're starting to see them kind of figure stuff out okay. um, and look a little better. Yeah. Just a tune up. Yeah. Yeah. It's just them getting used to the the area or conditions or, or whatever. So how do you work on like with your dogs? Like you're saying, once the bird shot and you release the dog, how do you, I mean, how do you do that? Because I know like every other dog person, you know, stay and retrieve and like all of that. Mm-hmm. I mean, I can tell a dog to stay and tell it to come, but 
when it comes to prey drive overpowering that, like it just happens. How do you get a yep. dog like yours, even when there's other pressure from the outside? Like, how do you work on that specifically to just stand your point until you're released? So I teach my dogs to stop um, with steady collar stimulation um, first, away from birds. I mean, you have to do all this stuff in the yard uh, away from the bird. Um, and then, you know, I'll, I'll teach them to stop at the collar where, you know, with my Garmin, I'll, on a two or something like that, I'll just hold steady stimulation until they stop. And obviously if they're not stopping, I, I turn it up, crank it sure. up a little bit. And then as soon as they stop, you're just teaching them to turn the pressure off. Um, so then when they have a full understanding of that, now you transition that into, um, when they're on a bird, um, you know, they'll go on point. And at first they're going to want to start to chase. So you start using that collar to, to take that chase away from them. Um, and then eventually you don't need to use a collar. Well, in a perfect world, you don't need to use a collar, <laughs> but there's always, there's always corrections. Um, you know, dogs never, people say it's a finished dog and I would consider both my dogs to be finished dogs, but that doesn't mean they're above making mistakes, you know? Um, yeah. So then, yeah, you just transition that to the field and, and in the yard, when I'm stopping with the collar, I'll make them stand there until I say Jade or Colby. And then that's, that's basically their, their cue to release. Um, but with all my puppies or all my dogs, when I give them a command, like if I tell them to sit, that doesn't mean just sit for a second and then get up and go about your way. Sit means sit until I give you a release command. Um, so I do a lot of stuff leading up to that to kind of set them up for that. So they're used to, you know, that, that the e-collar is just a silent command is all it is. Um, sure. and they're used to that. Okay. I got to stop. And now I, I stay stopped until I get the real, the release command. Um, so basically, you know, that's how I teach my dogs to stand there until after the bird shot. And then, you know, then I say one of their names and then they go retrieve the bird. Gotcha. Cool. That's the long and short of it. It, it takes off, time. Buddy? I am, I'm still like, I'm on this, I'll just be honest with you. I'm in this middle ground where it's like, I'm just going to take my dog out there and screw up some birds. <laughs> That's what I'm going to go do. I'm like, man, I don't got this much time to do this shit. <laughs> I, I don't, I don't blame me one bit. Um, uh, and I, just I, because my dogs will do that, that doesn't mean they're any better at finding birds than yeah you're no you're Brittany I, that doesn't have any of that training you know it, it's just and i um, think it's important and it's just like with hounds too like i would expect more out of my hounds because i dedicate a lot more time in handling yep. and you know a lot of things that i work with my hounds that with this bird dog it's kind of like it was just thrown in as a family pet you know what i mean so i haven't i don't have the time to to dedicate towards towards training this you know what i mean it's like man i i wish i did but i got two priorities in my life you know well three my family number one w and and hunting with my hounds and so Wait, this, in that order i don't know which order that would be but probably that's a fluid order i imagine <laughs> i don't know well this is this podcast we're gonna keep it just at that okay <laughs> but uh um I just, I've just come to realize that it, if it's not going to be natural for that dog, which it seems to be, you know, if it, really natural that she's, she's fallen in and, and, uh, and I've just known that she's not going to be a, 
the best bird. Like I'd take her to you, and you'd be like, "Well, I wouldn't do that, and I wouldn't do that." And I'd be like, "Yep, you sure wouldn't want this dog around you <laughs> um, in a in a hunt test or whatever." But but at the same time, she's natural enough that it's really fun taking her out and and watching her. You know what I mean? We're not going to yeah, do everyone, sure. but um, I, I don't see. even even my buddies that get bird dogs and stuff. I'm like, you you don't have to do what I do. I mean, yeah, it d- doesn't make my dogs any better at finding birds. It in my opinion, it's more of a joy to hunt with, and it's cool to watch that level of obedience, especially when you're running two, three, four dogs at a time, and they all do that. I, yeah, I sure. think it's it's just really cool, but it, it's not it's not a necessity, and and I know people don't have the the time the time. I and could the see that benefit, like that. like calling a dog to retrieve. You know what I mean? I could really see where that would be really beneficial if you were doing it and, and mixing dogs and stuff. You know. Um, it, it, that would be really helpful. And if I was hunting birds more often, I think I'd probably be in tune with that where I'd be like, Hey, I want really strict, you know, a really good handling dog that, that knows yeah. all those steps. I've just gone in the last three months, I've gone once, <laughs> you know what I mean? I'm trying yeah. to go for the second time. I'm like, well, I just, uh, my, yeah. my expectations are a lot lower on, on what I can, can do. Thankfully, there's so much, um, natural ability in a bird dog. And, and yeah, I haven't it, done gone through too many of them, but it is insane the natural ability and instinct that this dog has. If you buy a well-bred bird dog, um, you know, out of good hunting lines, and, mm-hmm. and people always ask me, "Well, I just had a litter of hounds, and I sold them for puppies for three hundred bucks." You know, yep. They're like, seriously, that's it? You know, whereas right. my my short hair <laughs> You had to work be... to sell them for that. You're like, yeah, it really yeah. worked. You're like, I was wheeling and dealing, man. I had to give a $300 <laughs> collar for dream. that one. <laughs> but, you know, like my short hair puppies, they'll probably be, you know, up close to two grand. And yeah. they're like, what's the difference? I'm like, well, 100%, at least in my, this is all my opinion. I, I think 100% of bird dogs puppies will make bird dogs if you just take them hunting right um i'm not sure that's the case with hounds um you know <laughs> they're just you ask a lot more of a hound especially you know with us chasing bears and stuff i mean that dog's for, it's got to be tough enough to stay there you know yeah. if it doesn't have the the toughness to stay there well it's not going to make it as as a as a bear dog so i you just ask so much more of them whereas a bird dog just has to be able to smell, and when it smells bird, it stops. I mean, um, yeah, you know, there's diff- different levels of, yeah, there's different levels of natural ability. I mean, some lines you get a lot nat- more natural retrievers and stuff like that, um, especially with with pointing dogs. But, but yeah, I mean, if if you buy a well-bred bird dog and you take it hunting, it's gonna find birds. Hmm. Yeah, that is uh, that's one of the things I I noticed more often with this dog is the natural ability that you got to teach the handle, you know I mean? Come here and, and yeah. And the other thing is she's so damn happy all the time. Like, <laughs> can you not be so happy all the time? Well, it's just it. Think Everybody about letting a hound dog day. sit for three months and then going out and expecting yeah. not to have a total crap show, you know? Yeah. Yeah. If that hound's not five or six or, you know, an, an experienced dog, it it's probably going to be, a mess. Yeah. Yeah. Well, cool. We got 28 minutes on this one. I think we can wrap this guy up. You got anything else left? I don't. Any, any pointers when I'm like a, 
I don't, I'm not even like a weekend warrior with this bird dog. I'm like a couple once times a, a year. Yeah, I'd once a quarter. Just go hunting, man. Put the dog yeah. on birds. You'll have fun, especially if you got birds, which it sounds like you do. Unless you send me that waypoint, then I might wipe that place out. He doesn't even know what kind of birds they are. Yeah, (laughs) Yeah, no kidding. (laughs) I had that moment the other day, too, though. I was talking to a guy, and he was asking about uh, grouse. Because we got a pile of grouse where I live. I don't know what kind they are. And, you know, we got into talking about, um, you know, the cover and where we were finding them. And I'm like, man, the best place to find them, driving down a gravel road right before dark. They're just sitting there waiting for you. Picking gravel. Oh yeah, picking gravel. You know that's that's all we ever do. I don't have a bird dog, so we just drive gravel roads. But now, I don't know. My wife used to have Vishlas, and they were pretty cool dogs. But buddy, getting this Brittany, it, it's kind of uh, getting the itch a little. Recon- I don't know, man. I got so much time. Like you said, I dedicate my time to my hounds. Yeah. So I don't know if I have the time. I'd be like buddy, you know, once once a quarter, get out there, but. Yeah, I guess I did take her. I uh I had to drop some kids off and uh so I drove through the woods. There's a, a set of timber that I can drive through to get to one part of town or whatever. And it probably has twenty minutes. I'm like, Oh shit, I'll just drive through the woods and anyways I took Sadie with me and there was a grouse. It's about like you're talking about sitting on the I was sitting right there in the gravel and I was like, Well and it ran off the road and jumped in a tree and I'm like, Well, Sadie <laughs> I I stopped down yep. and mostly the the whole point of the exercise was I was gonna shoot and just get her not gun shy, you know what I mean? Every time I shoot, I want her around a bird. So I figured, eh, yep. she did good, man. She jumped right in that brush, figured that thing out, and it was like Christmas all over again that day. <laughs> nice. And that was a forest grouse, Ross. What do they call a rough <laughs> forest, forest grouse. grouse? Okay, I know what my forest to, grouse are. I'm going to have to Google that. <laughs> I've, I've sluiced enough of those <laughs> with rifles before, so I know what a forest grouse is. But, but you put me out in the quail and all that stuff, I'm like, man, that, you don't see those out in the big woods. I don't, I don't know what they are. You drive fast enough, you don't even have to waste a shot. No. (laughs) They usually jump up about bumper height. (laughs) Yeah. Peel them out of your grill. Yeah, right. You don't need a bird. I'll just call my dog or my uh, my truck will be named Sadie. I'll start naming my trucks. (laughs) 